This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure all of us would want to receive the gift of God. I mean, our Heavenly Father is a good dad, an extravagant father. He wants to bless us with peace and joy and healing and provision and freedom. I mean, that is his heart. He wants to pour his goodness into us. But I think sometimes we misunderstand God's ways. And then we don't receive what God actually wanted to pour into our lives, what he wanted to bless us with, because we don't understand his mechanisms of blessing us. It's like sometimes we pray and we say, God, I I ask for this. And then when we don't get it, we think it's because it's not His will. What if the issue isn't the will of God, but rather we misunderstand God's mechanisms, how the kingdom functions to pour out those gifts into our lives. I I want to share with you guys that this morning, how to receive the gift of God. And, it, and part of it is this wineskin, this, this context where God can pour His new wine into our lives. So a, a classic example would be Jesus going to His hometown. And I mean, this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. And he's carrying with him all these treasures, heavenly treasures, healing, deliverance, blessing. He's carrying it all within him. And he comes with his heart of compassion. He's like, guys, I want to bless you. I mean, this is his hometown. He grew up there. I'm sure he really, really, really loved those people. And so he comes to hometown Nazareth. And what happens? Do you remember what happens? They dishonor him. It's like they like, isn't this Joseph's son? Who, who, who does he think he is? Oh, messenger from the Lord vibes. He's one of us. And, and, and we're ordinary. So who do you think you are to come and tell us? And it says they were offended with him. And the result was? It says there, and he could not do a mighty work there. He could not. Come on, say could not. He could not do a mighty work there. Imagine that. Imagine, I mean, it was God in the flesh there. It was the will of God to bless them. It was the will of God. I mean, Jesus, everywhere he goes, people are getting healed and set free. I mean, he does exactly the same thing. He comes and he wants to bless them. And yet they are unable to receive the gift of God. Why? Dishonor. They actually spoke against him. They're like, isn't this Joseph's son? It says they were offended with him and they could not receive the gift of God. Could not receive the gift of God. So 
I, f- I believe there are, are many of us that we pray prayers to God. Say, Lord, please bless me with this. And God, I've asked that you would do this. Lord, and, and he hears those prayers. But we haven't expected, especially in Western Christianity, we're like thinking like, I'm going to get it straight from Jesus. Straight from Jesus. And the Lord is actually like, uh, no. Most of the time, the blessings, the gifts, the treasures that God wants to pour into our lives... It comes through people. It comes through people. Most of the time. Most of the time the Lord answers your prayer. What are you doing? And you're Jesus. And so Jesus speaks to your wife. Your wife speaks to you. And you're like, no. I won't. And we miss out. Because we don't understand how the kingdom functions. Yes, sometimes God speaks straight to us, but most of the time the answers to our praise comes through people. And if you want to create a toxic environment, which is an environment of dishonor, a toxic environment is where God cannot move. Come on, say cannot. Cannot move. Our culture, Western culture is toxic with dishonor. So we have environments in our homes where God cannot move because of dishonor in the home. We have business environments where God cannot move because of dishonor in the place. We have churches where God cannot move. He's like, I want to. I want to. I want to bless you. I have all of these gifts I want to pour into your life. If only you would understand how the kingdom functions. If only you would embrace honor. This quality, this kingdom virtue that comes from the heart of God. Honor is to value. Honor is to esteem, to respect. Honor is to see what somebody carries. You see the gift, you value the gift, and you receive the gift from them. And so in Jesus' case, you know, he could not work there because of the way they spoke. He could not do a mighty work there. This is one of the best tricks of the evil one. Simply create a divided, negative, complaining, backbiting, gossiping, dishonoring environment. And voila, God cannot work there mightily. The enemy tricks us and so many of us fall for it. Especially when we get offended in our hearts. It's like just disconnect. So another example in Luke chapter 5 verse 17, I want to share with you this morning how you and I can receive the gift of God. And and it's in a sense, as I said, a wineskin for that new wine to flow. So it says, now it happened, Luke 5, 17, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. The The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And, and, and so they were this paralyzed man, and he had a few friends, and they're like, we're going to get him to Jesus, because he's going to get healed. Jesus carries this gift from heaven, and so we need to get them to him to Jesus. So they break open the roof, and they let him down, and Jesus looks at this, and he's like, wow, I'm seeing faith. I'm seeing faith. And so as Jesus sees this man, he says, your sins are forgiven you, because Jesus responds to his faith, and then the Pharisees were Offended. Blasphemy. They didn't speak it. They just thought it. So look at this. 
Verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Reason. Human, earthly reasoning. Oh, we love that, don't we? Someone does somebody, some, somebody does something and it's like, I'm offended with that. I don't like that. I, 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 I don't, I, something like, I'm going start thinking why, why you should not receive from this person. And anyway, so they were like offended and, and, uh, and they were saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? So Jesus discerns what they are thinking in their hearts and minds. Why are you reasoning in your heart? So Jesus heals the paralyzed man. Everyone's like, wow, God is like all shocked. But the truth is, no one else got healed. Not one of these religious leaders received the healing power of Jesus. Why? Because of their reasoning in their hearts. They were just thinking, who does this guy think he is? And so it disconnected them from receiving the gift of God. So in Nazareth, they spoke against him, like, who does he think he is? And God could not do mighty work there. And then there was another environment now with this guy where Jesus heals mightily because they had faith, but no one else received the gift of God. Honor and dishonor. Just thinking the thoughts on the inside like, I'm not going to receive from this person. No. And then you miss out. I think this is one of the biggest reasons why we do not receive the gifts from the heart of God. Because we don't understand the, 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 this mechanism, this kingdom mechanism of receiving the gifts of God. I'm sure all, we all want to receive from the Lord. Eh? Obviously we want to. But we need to get this right. This is the, the wineskin. This is the context we need to receive. You see, I love this statement that says, God will never contradict his word, but he will contradict your understanding of his word. The Pharisees had the word, but they misunderstood the context. Jesus arrives and they're like, this cannot be. This is blasphemy. This is unbiblical. And I think God loves to do that. You see, when it comes to our theology in general, we like we want to figure it all out. We were like, I want to, I want to figure. I want to put God in His little box. And you know what? God's too big for the little box. So He arrives, He pitches outside the box, and you're like, oh, blasphemy, blasphemy. This is wrong. This guy's of the devil. I'm not going to receive. And then you're like, yeah, you're not going to receive. <laughs> you're not going to receive what God is wanting to reveal, God wants to release into your life. This is, this is, this is massive. Because it's not just about the preacher, it's about the people next to you. This could be your spouse. This could be a friend. This could be your life group facilitator. This could be just another brother or sister in church. I think, God, I, mean, I think God has a great sense of humor. I think sometimes he wants to bring the biggest gifts into our lives to people we don't like. Because he's looking for humility. He's looking for humility. I mean, if we look at the church of Jesus Christ right now, I feel like the wider body of Christ is divided. Of God. 
Because we don't agree with that part of their theology, that 5% or that 10%. So it's not of God. And then the result is the, the, the gift that, that this side of the body of Christ really, really, really needs, they're not going to receive it. Because they're missing out on what the other, other side carry. And then the other side are like, man, I'm so offended with you that you're offended with us. So I don't like you, you know. And so I I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm also, get out of my life, you know. And then the result is the body of Christ is divided. And the two sides that actually really, really need one another, it's normally like the word side and then the spirit side, <laughs> you know, they actually need one another. And now the body of Christ is divided because we can't see what somebody carries. Why? Because the 5% theology that we don't agree with, or that thing, or that thing, or that mannerism, or that part of somebody's life. You see, God doesn't see like we see. I think sometimes Christians are some of the most critical, judgmental people on the planet. Because of the, the Bible says that there, and you don't say it exactly like I believe, so go away. And we actually both love Jesus. And we believe in the cross, and we believe he died for us at the cross. But because of that 5%, we like we reject one another, and we actually persecute one another. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> See what the person carries. So God loves to, I think, mess up our understanding of Scripture. I think He loves to do that. Because He's looking for humility. I think so many times in my life, I have received from others, but I had to humble myself. I had to humble myself. And, um, and I think sometimes also, you know, like we're wanting people's lives to be perfect. And then we find out something that's messy in their lives. We're like, oh, no, we don't want to be contaminated. <laughs> but who is perfect? Whose theology is perfect and whose life is perfect? Some people's stuff are just more public. But we all have stuff. We all have stuff. And God is calling us to, to embrace this context of of. Honor is look at somebody through the eyes of Jesus. So, um, so we've been um, traveling, showed up five minutes of healing, and just I'll share some of the things with the Destiny Encounter guys. It was wild, it was wild, praise God. But God was in the house. But I was like, you know, Pastor Niels and Frankie, the pastors at Sheffield Wellington, they, they treat me and Sonica with such honor. I mean, I've always known honor is important, but I see in Niels's life and Frankie's, I see in their lives, they have a revelation of the power of honor. So the way they speak to us, the way they treat us, they're like, Andre and Sonica, you guys carry a treasure from heaven and we want it. Bring it. Man, I love spending time with him. I want to be with him. I just want to sit and chat to them. I want to let me talk about what Jesus is doing. And she's like, I come alive in that environment. And then, you know, before ministry time, Niels would come to me and he would say, Andre, drop the handbrake, brother. Drop the handbrake. Bring it. And I'm like, yes. Yes. We're going to bring it. And then Jesus shows up. But in that context, you know, when, you, when we walk into that ministry environment, the people in that church, they, uh, if I was 50% anointed, they take us into 150%. Because they, they honor, they like, they see, this is not just a person bringing a word today, they're bringing a gift from heaven. 
and we want it. And he's so powerful. And he's so special. I'm, I'm like, it's blowing my mind. It's like, you want to be there. And so earlier this week, I wasn't at the, at the moment, you know, I wasn't feeling on tip top. <laughs> and uh, Niels phones me and he just shares with me what the testimonies from the last week and the incredible, incredible things. He just says that people are just saying there was life, life. God was in the house. Amazing things were happening. And as he was, he was saying, Andre, you carry something so, so beautiful. And as he's sharing, as, he, as he's speaking these words of honor of my life, as I'm on the phone, I sense the presence and the power of God increase on my life. I'm like, oh, keep on, speak, speak. <laughs> it is so beautiful. And then you go to other environments and you want to die. Oh, can I please go away? I don't want to be here anymore. It's like you're that contempt, that judgment attitude, that fear, the, all of those things. Guys, you're missing out on the treasure from heaven. And I think God is the same. It's like certain environments, He's like, man, I want to be, I like these people. I want to be with them because they honor my servants so well. And they honor me, God. Certain, and I... And it's the same in our homes. I believe when there is honor in the home. Like if, if you would see from heaven's perspective, you'd see like a whole suburb of hundreds and hundreds of homes. Then I tell you that the, the home where there is mutual respect and honor in that house, honor for God and honor for one another. It's like I tell you, there's like a massive sign in the spirit blip, blip. Beep, bleeping, bleeping, welcome. Jesus is welcome in this house. Come, Lord. And God's like, I want to be there. And he's going to show up there. He's going to show up there. The power of honor. It, it, it reveals the heart of God like few other things. So when you and I embrace honor, we, we can draw out. We cause others to become who they truly are. We unlock their potential when we honor them. What they carry in Jesus. Amen. Oh, praise God. This beautiful quote, Danny Silk says, Life flows through honor. Life. Life flows through honor. The fruit of a culture of honor is that the resurrection life of God begins to flow into people's lives, homes and communities to bring healing, blessing, joy, hope and wholeness. Life flows through honor, but the enemy tricks us, and we get hurt in relationships, and what do we do? We build those walls. We're afraid of getting hurt again. You cannot honor when you have a wall built up. You cannot honor when you are afraid, and so we need to get healed up in our hearts and trust God for that, for that healing. But, but when there is honor, then there is this flow of life, this flow of resurrection life that floods forth. Amen. Come on, say it. I want resurrection life. Yes. Yes. So honor releases grace for a person to step into all that they are in Christ. You can unlock somebody who they are. You have the power to unlock someone's full potential in Christ. Another powerful principle. Honor is the kingdom principle through which the package 
from heaven is delivered. So imagine this for a moment. Uh, you go on to take a lot. Here's a, here's a picture of a courier delivery package. You go on to take a lot. And you're like, I'm going to buy some stuff. So you select, like, yes, yes, filling up that basket. Uh, you can be seen like you're praying. Like, Jesus, I pray for this. I pray for that. Yes, I like this basket. It looks beautiful. Beautiful potential in your basket. And uh, you're loving it. And then you take out your, your car. You want to pay for it. And you realize, praise God, Jesus paid the price for it all. All the blessings of God has been paid for by Jesus. So you put there in. You must try it sometime. Take a lot. Jesus paid for it all. <laughs> try it. Jesus paid for it all. Click. Yes. How long is it going to take? Three to five days. East London. It takes time to get here. Praise God. And so, bell rings, you open the door, there's a delivery man with a package, and you're like, I don't like this message. And you go, the gift from heaven. Huh? No, you're not going to be offended with the delivery man. You're give me that package, thank you. <laughs> I want this package. Been waiting for like five days. <laughs> I want the package. The preacher is just the delivery man. Why are you going to be offended? Or the believer in Christ, or the person in your life group, or alongside, or your spouse. <laughs> you, I tell you, God loves to pour out blessings into our lives through your spouse, <laughs> through your partner. That's what He wants to do. And I, and I realize we sometimes we miss this. We miss how God wants to bless us and pour His goodness out into us. But you need to have the eyes of honor. You need to have the heart of honor to see what this person carries. So I had an interesting discussion with some guys in the week. And I just realized, guys, you don't understand how this thing works. When it comes to relationships, it's like you're looking for the perfect person. First of all, they don't exist. Number two, <laughs> if you could go back 20 years to me and Sonica, we were both a mess. 21 years ago, 25 years ago when we started, like 23 years ago when we started to date. Sonica wasn't who she is today. I wasn't who I am today. But you know, through honor, we have built one another up. Through my honor towards Sonica, she has become a better, she's become the true her. And through her honor towards me, her belief in me unlocked my potential, my identity in Christ. Oh, it breaks my heart sometimes. You know, we get married and you know what? We break one another down. When it's supposed to be the people in our lives are supposed to be building one another up more than any, any other relationship. Build one another up. I tell you, Sonic could carry something so beautiful. Over the last 10 years, I've heard 
a treasure. And I tell you, if I didn't value what she carries, I wouldn't have listened. You know, Sonic is always, and this is the pastoral grace upon her life, she's always contending for relationship. She's always contending to build bridges to other people. So even in the, our church family, there was a season where I was like, I'm over it. I want to break away. I wanna, I'm over this. I don't want to be part of this church family anymore. And she was like, no, no, let's fight for relationship. Leadership ugly with me. She would say, humble yourself and serve them. Like, oh, I don't like that. But okay, let's do that. Honor. Honor. She was like contending for, for years. She was saying like, Andre, Andre, we've been in the church family since 1996. If we move out, if we break off relationship, we will not be able to, 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 to share all that God has done in our lives. There's so many younger pastors and leaders that, that will not be able to be led and mentored and guided. We need to be there for them. Like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> She carries something so beautiful, but if I didn't have eyes to see it, I wouldn't be who I am today. There's so much, like 21 years of marriage, and I'm only like now catching it. Yes, yes. That's, that's a good idea. Fight for relationship. Humble yourself. <laughs> Apologize when you need to. Fight for other people's hearts. Build a bridge to them. It all comes down to honor. Oh, but we're so quick to want to burn bridges and run. No. I feel like some of us are like, God, I pray for the answers. Please, why? Why am I not getting breakthrough? Why am I struggling with these things? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't that? God, where are you? And the Lord is like, well, if you would just do what I told you last time, go to church. Get into a life of God. I beg you. Don't disconnect from community. Don't allow offense to, to come and sit in your heart. Amen. Danny Silk also says, Honor creates life-giving and life-promoting relationships. Honor. In other words, when I honor somebody else, there's life flowing to them and or from them to me. And if they honor me, then there's life flowing from me to them. Life-giving relationships. That's what you want to do. Okay, so Matthew 10, 40. It reveals this, this flow of honor. We are in a kingdom, not in a democracy. So right at the top is Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the one we ultimately honor above all men, above all people. We worship him and him alone. But then in the kingdom, he delegates authority to lower like in the kingdom, there's a flow of honor from the top. Then he delegates it to his fivefold ministers. Church leaders, he delegates it further down to say life group facilitators and, and so forth. He delegates authority to a spouse or to a husband or to a parent. He delegates his authority to, to people. And so Jesus speaks about this kind of flow of honor in Matthew 10 40. He says, He who receives you receives me. He who receives you receives me. How about that? In other words, you carry Jesus on the inside of you. You carry a great treasure, every single one of us. As believers in Christ, we carry a beautiful treasure on the inside of us. And when we are honored by somebody, ultimately they honor 
Jesus. Another passage says, we are ambassadors for Christ. Wow. So you represent the kingdom of God. That, I mean, that should give you some confidence. I'm an ambassador. Come on, say, I am an ambassador for Christ. An ambassador for Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. And as you represent the kingdom of God. So in our world context, if a nation disrespects an ambassador, the host nation is offended as well. Well, I cut off trade. No blessings going to flow. Okay, so when somebody doesn't honor you or me, they miss out. But, so we, can, but we need to, you need to know what you carry in Jesus. I carry, you're going to encounter it. We, you know, and when there's honor in the room, then people receive it. We carry a gift. And it doesn't matter the age of the person or the experience. I mean, I just love um, Steve and Lynn Bruce, their daughter, Catherine. She's uh, studying, at, studying at Stellenbosch University. She's 20 years old. And she is absolutely on fire for Jesus. She's on fire for Lord. She prayed and fasted for like six months on and off for a friend who didn't believe in Jesus, didn't believe that God is real, prayed for this lady, invested in her, loved her. And like six months later, this young lady committed her life to Christ. Amazing. But just so, so, so Catherine comes to our life group a few weeks ago and she's just sharing stories and you can see there's a fire in her heart and a fire in her eyes. And we're all like, wow, you're carrying something. You're carrying something. And we're talking about the outward move, the outward flow of reaching others for Christ. I'm like, Catherine, you carry something. You're 20 years old. I don't care. Pray for us. We want what's on your life. So at the end of the worship time, we, like, we prayed. We all stood and we said, God, okay, God, what's on Catherine's life? Imparted into our lives. And she prayed and it was amazing. It was beautiful. But if we would have the eyes to see what is on someone's life. Then we can receive. Doesn't matter the age. They carry a heavenly gift. It is our time to shine the light of Christ. Amen. And then verse 41. It says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. So God's fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, they carry a greater measure of grace or gifting or treasures upon their life. They are delegated straight from the Father to them for His church. As John Mavia said two weeks ago in that video clip, he said that the Lord in the Scriptures say, church leaders should receive double honor, more than even presidents or prime ministers. or Double honor. Why? Because they are God's called, assigned uh, servants. To pour out the blessings and the goodness and the treasure of God into his church. So I am like, God, may we be a church that when there's a visiting speaker come through here, may they, if they are 50% anointed, may they go into 120% overdrive. The handbrake released. Because of the people in the house like, man, I'm going to receive the gift of God from you this today in Jesus' name. May we be that kind of church. May we be that kind of community. Where the preachers that visit us here must say, you I love to preach at Shurfreeze London. There is something in the air. It's called honor. It's called having eyes from the Lord to see what is in somebody's life. And like, man, I'm not going to be offended with a courier. I just want the package. Give me the package. Amen. Don't miss this. 
Don't miss this. Don't allow offenses or disappointments of the past lead to cynicism and skepticism. And then we lack childlike faith to receive what God wants to pour out into our lives. Come on, say it. I'm going to receive the gift from heaven. It's ultimately God. We receive it from the Lord. We don't worship people, but we honor what they carry. And then the next bit there, it says, He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man receives a righteous man's reward. A righteous man's reward. What, what, what is a righteous man or a righteous woman? That is, I believe, somebody that is on fire for the Lord. Someone that's carrying in the front reward. And then last bit, and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple. Assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So what this is saying is, it's not just upward honor, it is downward honor as well. Every person, even a little child, carries a reward from heaven. I love the kingdom of God. It's so contrary to this world. In this world, kids don't matter. In the kingdom of God, they matter. And they even carry a reward with them. So when we value a child, we love them, we celebrate who they are, we receive a reward. Amen. Honor, value Christ in somebody, but also just value who somebody is. And what if we could look into the eyes of our children or young ones and we can see who they are in Christ, called to be in Christ? What if we could look at one another in the church and we can see who they really are? I mean, even yesterday at a Destiny Encounter, I prayed over one of the guys and the Lord just said to me, evangelistic grace on this person's life. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing you differently now. There's an evangelistic grace on your life and I want to call that out of you. I'm trusting that you will function the way God wants you to function. So honor doesn't only flow one, one way. It's not like upward only, it's downward as well. The truth is we are royalty. We are ambassadors in Christ. We are kings in the spirit with great authority. But we are empowered to serve others. It's not about lording it over people like we are this demanding it. Okay, so a few things about honor. Number one, honor is given, not demanded. So when a husband demands respect from his wife, you've already lost it. Okay? No, you give honor. You give honor. You don't demand honor. Number two, honor is a spiritual mechanism, a kingdom principle through which blessing is received. Okay, so you want to be honorable, you give honor, and then you receive honor. Number three, through giving honor, we build bridges to people's hearts. So what I'm seeing, <laughs> what I'm seeing is like this, especially when we travel and sometimes when we have conferences here or weekend encounters, then God really shows up in a profound way. But I see in pastors and leaders at times that some of them are afraid. They are afraid of what is on my life. They are afraid of the things of the Spirit. And now you're like, how are you going to, how should one respond to this kind of thing if it wasn't for your vulnerability? You see, so what I do is in our meetings, apostolic leadership meetings, other meetings, at times when I make mistakes or I feel I misrepresented God at times or I just wasn't myself, then I, I own it. And I tell the guys, okay, guys, I'm sorry. 
That's uncalled for. That's wrong. I apologize. And basically what this guy said to me is that because of that kind of, um, you know, humbling yourself at times, I am more open to receive from you. Although what the things that happen in your ministry and life, it, it, it scares me. They're not saying it, but I'm picking it up. They are like, they scare. I, I don't know how this works. But, you know, in general, when we don't understand things, we tend to fear it. But so it's one thing to say, other people need to honor me. No. We need to build bridges of honor to the hearts of people. We need to win their hearts. Again, this is what Sonica carries so beautifully. She carries this anointing and this grace upon her life. I mean, when she rebukes you, like, oh, that is so nice. <laughs> that is just so nice. But she carries in such a beautiful way that she's always building a bridge to people's hearts. That's why I travel with my wife at times. I'm like, okay, honey, bring your thing so that the people will receive from me. Please bring it, bring it. Because they, they look at Sonica and me. They look at, oh, I don't know about Andre, but I'm looking at Sonica. Okay, I can trust them. I can trust them. <laughs> and that's the pastoral grace. That's an anointing that causes people to feel safe. And then they can receive from God. And it's taking about 21 years. And I'm sort of get, starting to get it. So, sort of starting to get it. So when Sonic and I, when we now travel, before I just want to jump in. I want like fire and kingdom. And, and now I'm like, just a handbrake a little bit. Just a little bit. First. Honor everybody, love people, talk about your marriage, talk about our lives, and then suddenly like, oh, okay, and then hand break down. <laughs> Let's go. Kingdom comes. <laughs> but building bridges, building bridges to people's hearts. So what does this look like in practice? So, so, so what I'm saying is we all carry something beautiful. We carry Christ. So when it comes to an unbeliever on the one side, we can't expect them to just, you must receive from me. It's like, no, we need to win their hearts. We need to love them well until they, it's like, oh, these Christians are a bit weird, but there's something there. <laughs> I want what they have. We need to build a bridge to the hearts of people. How do you do it? Honor in practice looks like this. Just got this revelation this week. <laughs> Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. Husband, wife, husbands, put yourself in your wife's shoes. What does it look like? There's a baby, there's a toddler. I don't know about you guys, but two hours with a toddler, I want to die. I want to run away. I want to go work. I want to go somewhere else. So putting yourself in her shoes is like baby and maybe work as well and the house and the food and all those things. But what do we normally do? Like guys like, oh, if she would just know the pressure I have. It's not pressure. Try a toddler. <laughs> and suddenly you have compassion. You're just like, oh, they're coming from this. No, they're not evil. They're not trying to be nasty. So one of the key things is you need to believe that the other person is good willed. Come on, say, I believe. They are good willed. Don't be on the defense, or if you're on the defense, walls up, you're going to act like an idiot. Walls down. <laughs> they are good-willed. <laughs> Guys, you don't want to be alone with a toddler, okay? So, love your wife well. <laughs> I'm kidding, you need to be alone with a toddler at times, okay? <sighs> 
But put yourself in the other person's shoes. Ladies, put yourself in your husband's shoes and the pressure that he has at work and everything he's trying to cope with. Put yourself in the shoes of somebody at work where they're coming from. Their insecurities in that work environment. Why are they acting stupid? Because they are feeling afraid. They are feeling insecure. They are not themselves. So give them grace. Give them mercy. Put yourself in the other person's shoes and you build a bridge of honor. That's so powerful. And you're not on defense, so you're, you're, you're yourself. I don't know about you, but when I'm on defense, I am not myself. I am not representing Jesus well. Come on, say it. I'm not going to be in the defense. Put yourself in their shoes. And then you... Three, verse 37. This is Jesus. And he's speaking about Jerusalem. He's speaking about an, an, a city sick with dishonor. Culture of dishonor. It says, oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers a brood under her wings and you were not willing because we're offended. We don't like what you look like. 30 year old, know it all. Go away. (laughs) And then verse 38. This is the, such a powerful verse. I've been sitting on this the whole week. See, your house is left to you desolate. That's what dishonor looks like. I tell you, if your relationships are struggling, if your home is desolate, if your environments are desolate, I guarantee you it's because there's dishonor at work in the environment. Your house, church, home, whatever, is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, you will not see me again until you celebrate and honor those whom I send to you. Whom I send to you. It is so life-giving. I wouldn't have thought 20 years ago that probably one of some of the most profound gifts, treasures from heaven would have come through my wife. But if I didn't honor her, I wouldn't have received it. The people around us probably carry the most beautiful treasures. How about opening your eyes to see it? See it, see it, see it. Let, let God heal your heart and restore you. So what will it be? Will your house be desolate or will it be a life-giving house? Will this church be desolate or will it be a life-giving church? I say, come on, God, we're going to be an honorable church. An honorable people. Amen. Awesome. Please stand with me. Oh, guys, we need to get this. <laughs> this is massive. This will transform our relationships. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Drop the defenses. But then let Jesus heal your heart. Because some of us have been wounded in our spirit, in our heart. Something happened with a church leader, spouse, friend, somebody. You got hurt. And now you're like, Walls are up. I'm terrified of being, of being hurt again. Drop the defenses. Come on, say it. I'm going to drop the defenses. Let it go. Life flows through honor. And honor cannot manifest if the walls are up. Let's embrace this new wineskin. 
Let's allow Jesus to heal our hearts. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.